they do? You know what they say? Don't do it again. Come on, that's what they do. Um, so let's meditate on verse 1. The chief musician of Psalm of David, the full of Samuel Hunt, there is no God. They are corrupt. He's done abominable work, and there is none who does
know that your skin has to be there. You know that you have all kinds of systems that can't live without each other supporting each other inside of your body. And so, when did it learn that it's dependent on this, it's dependent on that, or dependent on a particular chemical in your body? And sometimes chemicals that really poison to us without going through our body to change the system. So, there are all kinds of truths out there we can hold on to that point to the foolishness of evolution. My personal favorite one about the foolishness of evolution, though, is that evolutionists believe that humankind uh, actually evolved from apes. And that, to me, is as foolish as they come. However, though, the question I ask them all the time is, when did evolution stop? Why are there still being apes being born and still having humans being born? When did evolution stop in the middle? The answer is, it didn't. It doesn't mean there was any evolution. And there will be evolution. I did not evolve from a monkey. I was created in the image of God. And so were you. And the Bible tells us we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And we can look and look and look at the wonderful, beautiful, miraculous creation that God has given us. And we can look at animals and animals that have to live with other animals and animals that can't survive with other animals around. Let's take a look at woodpeckers quickly now. And I wish I had time to bring up some facts for you. So I see the little woodpecker Number one, he's omnipotent. Amen? God is all-powerful. Number two, he's omniscient. 
God knows everything. And He's omnipresent. Well, He can be anywhere at any time, at any place, anywhere. God is all powerful. And that's often how He describes Himself as El Shaddai, God Almighty. So, but since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen. What are some of those invisible, clear attributes that we, that we know that there's God? Are you ready for this right here? There are laws in our creation that Comes up, must come down. You know, another little secret of life that is proof that there is a God in heaven. Are you ready for this? This right here is something I need to learn. What you put in your lips will stick in your lips. Here's the point, though. There are things that prove God's existence without faith. They're clearly seen. Someone will tell me, how can you prove God without faith? Wonderful picture of your eyes. And see, that's after 
accidental. It's not accidental. It's made by design. And the Creator designed you, made you who you are. Let me tell you something about our Creator. Just in case you haven't thought about this. God knows your name. He knows every hair on your head. The Bible tells us in Gospel of Matthew that the very hairs on our head are numbered. But I want you to know, God knows how many hairs you are. By number, He knows you. Let's take a look at another attribute of God. People who uh, say that there is no God, not only are they foolish, not only do they say that God doesn't exist, but they're also corrupt. So look at me in Titus 1, 15 to 16 here. Fools are corrupt. Foolish people do foolish things, and one of the foolish things they do is become corrupt. Titus 1, 15 to 16. Tell me what we've got there. Which one of you are to be? To the pure. All things are pure, but for those who are defiled, unbelieving, if you have a more modern translation, if you're one of those new international versions, you need to make it pure. Actually, use the word corrupt right there. It's corrupt and unbelieving. Nothing is pure, but even their minds and consciences are defiled, are corrupted by their own corruption, corruption. And when they look at anything in its impure, they tell themselves it's corrupt. Do you know somebody like that? And all they do is argue with themselves, and argue with the truth that's going in front of them. And argue with the Word of God and say, well, I must not be the Word of God. It's been corrupted. And all they do is keep corrupting anything that comes in front of them. Why? Because they're foolish and they're false. Do you know somebody like that? I'm speaking to somebody online tonight. And that's what they've always been saying is, well, I can't trust the Bible. I can't trust the church. I can't trust the ministers. Everybody's corrupt. The truth is, you're corrupt. And because you're corrupt, you look at anything as corrupt. Look again with me in Titus 1, 15, 16. The pure, all things are pure. But for those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure in their minds and conscience. They profess to know God, but in work they deny Him being abominable and disobedient and disqualified every good work. So another thing of someone who's a fool, another picture of someone who's a fool, they are corrupt. And they corrupt everything they're a part of because they don't want God to be beautiful. Take a look at that. They also commit abominable deeds.
accepted. He's not accepting religion because of fear. He's accepted a relationship because he learned God loves him. And he wants to know God. That began to think of the man. This man. The man took the child home and spoke to the man and said, He's not going to call the baby. 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 He's not That being said, though, do you actually want your children to know what's going to come? Okay. Here's where it's going to take us down. Here's where I'm going. Can I do this with my son? I can't even look at you. Through the years, I've built off.
you will miss the spot because it's not Do not call upon the Lord. Why? I don't know about you, but usually the first thing that happens is somebody's in trouble and they say, God help me. 
delivered me. God saved me. My father told stories about jumping out of the airplane, and even the most stark, hard-hearted atheist would cry out, Dear God, help me. There are all kinds of stories of what we call foxhole conversions, where soldiers were facing the enemy and the bullets were flying toward them, and even the greatest, hardest atheist would say, God.
do. They meet each other, and the Bible tells us Abigail jumping off of her horse, riding off of her, her donkey or her horse, and she goes up to David and she says one of the most beautiful, elegant things in the world, very statesmanlike. She says, Upon me and upon me, my Lord, let the sin and iniquity come upon me, and don't pay any attention to Nabal, who is the son of Belial. I want to encourage you to read 1 Samuel 25. Some people ask exactly what is Belial. Belial is the Hebrew word for devil. She's the son of the devil, is what she calls her husband. She's the son of the devil, of a no account, no good person. And of course, that begins a relationship with David and Abigail. And of course, she goes back home. She tells they, uh, her husband, Nabal, the fool, what she did. She said, I want you to know, save your life. I want you to know, I brought gifts to David. And David's anger is assuaged, and he's not coming back. And of course, Nabal falls over. We don't know what happens to him health wise. Some people think uh, some sort of coma. It really doesn't matter to me. This investigator saw it when he was dying, and we need to see the picture here. The picture is that when you walk with fools, you will be destroyed. So Nabal's name meant fool, and the people that were hanging around with him, and the people that said Nabal must know what he's doing because he's rich, he's powerful, and they held on and embraced his foolishness, they end up losing their jobs and their positions and their power because they too hung around with a fool. And so if you have a foolish friend, break that friendship. In other words, make your relationship where you're witnessing and witnessing only, not when you're hanging out with them. I know I'm running out of time again, but I think I have one more slide. Go ahead. Fool. Matthew 5, 22 tells us, But I say to you that whoever's angry with his brother without cause shall be in danger of judgment. And whosoever takes his brother of rock by that, or who's the word that means, Shall be in danger of the consequences. Shall be in damnation. But whoever says you fool, you the boss, you in danger of consequences. If you call them a neighbor, and this is a neighbor here, foolish person who says victory doesn't matter, discretion doesn't matter, sin doesn't matter. There is no God. There's no higher authority than me. And that person's a fool in their heart. Bible tells us if we could call them that, they're in danger of power. Why? Because they're not Christian. However, God can do it. Why can God do it? God can do it. God can do it. Remember Psalm 14, verse 1? The fool has said in his heart, there is 